Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. We have ourselves a match worthy of the Boxing Day occasion, and the pitch has played a big role in that. It's been a long-term project here at the ground by the MCC under the stewardship of the Chief Executive, Stuart Fox, who's with me in the box. For our pre-match show, Spitwater, Tools Not Toys, working hard since 1982. Stuart, compliments of the season to you. Good morning, Jared. How are you? And congratulations. Thank this you. Is, yeah, we're very terrific. pleased. Very, very pleased. I think it's been one of the... One of the great test matches and um, very pleased with the crowds, um, the ground, uh, the mood. It's just been a fantastic test and it's shaping up to be a, a thriller. It's been a long-term project, the pitch, um, since 2017 and 2018. Just describe for us what, what you're seeing, um, having led the project. Yeah, well, we've spoken a lot about it, but in 2017 we received obviously a poor rating and that... Um, I think it sort of kicked us into a new regime where we rebuilt uh, a number of the pitches and you know since then we've produced very good pitches I think and uh, today's testament of that and I think now the MCG's got a bit of a brand about it um, you know good good pace um, consistent bounce uh, good seam movement and uh, you know we, we know we're not going to get a pitch that cracks up and breaks away you know late on day four and five so we do need those characteristics um, and it's fitting it's one of the most in well it's the biggest annual test match anywhere in the world and I think we need to um, create an environment that's you know competitive to both bat and ball. Just give us a, a layman's version of the how it's been done. Well, quite simply, um, well, a lot of it's about people, to be honest, because if you put the people in the right places, I think you get results. And we uh, recruited Matthew Page from uh, Western Australia. He was working at the Wacker. Um, he's been brilliant for us, and he's, you know, he's brought his own uh, characteristics to the pitch. But it, we also built a number of new pitches, um, and they live out in Yarra Park. There are 12 pitches, and we're already rebuilding our next lot of pitches. Um, so we don't just keep rolling them to death. So, you know, we, we sort of feel like they need to be re rebuilt after eight to ten years. And we've all also been experimenting out in the, in the practice uh, wicket nursery as well. So it's, it's, been, it's been fantastic just to get the results. And I think since uh, 17, as I said, we've been pretty consistent. Um, and look, the pressure's always on Matt to produce a great pitch. And it's not easy to get it exactly the way you want it but um, fair to say he's produced another good one for this test yep the the balance so competitive uh, there's probably been uh, and i'm in no way critical of this but it, it lent towards the bowlers and now it's sort of just come back that this feels like the middle ground is if mitch marsh had made the century yesterday then you've sort of got everything you've got 
the fast bowler with five wickets and, and you've got the, the century, which feels like about the right balance in test cricket. Yeah, yeah, it is. And look, at, you can never please everyone, obviously, but when you hear Pat come and say it's a great pitch and then you hear Mitch Marsh, you know, acknowledge yesterday that it's a great pitch, that's a, that's a good indication you've had a... A, you know, a, a bowler take five for, we've had, you know, a half century and nearly a century. Um, I think that's a great gauge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it feels that way. The crowds were up to 146,842 for a test against Pakistan. Where, where does that pitch against what you were thinking? Well, look, I think uh, Pakistan played here back in 2016 and I think we had roughly 140,000 through the gates. Um, I would have hoped to have 180,000 through the gates across this test day. One was probably the tricky one that may hurt us a little bit, but um, you, we all experienced Christmas Day was wet. Uh, it was seriously wet, and we all thought it was going to rain um, on Boxing Day morning, and it didn't. So, you know, we, we were expecting at least 75,000 through the gates day one. We ended up with 62,000. Uh, but yesterday, um, we were about 7,000 up. So that was really pleasing. And who knows what today brings. I'd hope we'd certainly get 20,000 through, through today. So we will, we will certainly end up with 160,000 plus through the gates, which I just think's, you know, a statement for cricket and test cricket at the G. Victorians always come out and support no matter what. And if you look at a 10-year sort of rolling average of test cricket at the G, we average well over 200,000 per test match as an average. Um, and obviously when we have India, England, even New Zealand, we have great patronage here. Um, and as I said, it is the biggest annual test match anywhere in the world. It's unrivaled, it, it can't, it's hard to beat. Do you know if, if enough was done to, so that, that night of the World Cup final, this was a Pakistan precinct. Like you had to search for the English fans. <laughs> um, do you know if, an, so there's been a pocket of Pakistan fans down at the punt road end, and yep. that visibly that's been about all. Do you know if enough was done to try to, f whoever that mass population was, and they clearly lived in Australia, they hadn't yep. flown in from Pakistan, um, was enough done to try to find them and to draw them back? Yeah, I think that's, that's some work that has to be done because quite clearly um, they're not as obvious at this test as what they were at the World Cup, um, particularly, <laughs> particularly when India played Pakistan. Uh, in that final, um, which was pretty amazing. But I think Cricket Australia, ourselves, we can do more to try and capture the market, the Pakistani market, the Indian market when they are here because um, they love their cricket and that's, you know, that's evident. Every, every time you talk to, to a Pakistani person or even an Indian person, they are just so entrenched with their cricket. The next two, so India and uh, England, were... Will we set ourselves to break the world record at the ground on Boxing Day? Those those two years. I well, I I think having uh, I went over to the Ashes this year and just feeling the rivalry, it was like nothing I'd ever experienced. And um, I think we should build on that when uh, England come out here uh, to play the Ashes. And I think that that could be something very very special because. There is a lot, lot of rivalry. There's a lot to prove, um, and and it's just such a great contest. And India out next year, again, we need to work on and make sure we fill the stadium. So I would be hoping for, you know, big crowds in excess of 250,000 through the gates, and they are huge numbers. Can I just run my hobby horse past you again this oh, year? I love your hobby horse. You're not in charge of the hours, <laughs> and, and Nick Hockley's not indulging me. So I preface it with that. Uh, just plotting. You send us progressive figures throughout the day. 
Uh, there were 34,000 people here for the first ball of Boxing Day on its way to 62,000. And the critical mass of people were here from midday. Day two, I think, is the best example. There were 12,000 people here for the first ball on the way to 44,000. And again, the critical mass arrives midday on the way to lunch. Is it possible that we're just starting these days of cricket too early and that the data through the gates shows that people tend to arrive about midday? Well, I think uh, you're using the data to run a good case here and it's hard to argue against, isn't it? Um, you know, I love the traditional time slot and I love the fact that it hasn't changed, but, you know, I think we've got to be up for the discussion and I think uh, that data suggests that if you did sort of start around midday, you're going to have a lot more people inside the stadium watching the game. Uh, and I think that'd be really special. Um, the what, what, It wouldn't be you, but if, if we did have a big bash game on Christmas night, what would the challenges be, do you think, for one of the venues around the country to be able to stage it, which is clearly one of the logistical challenges? Um, well... We probably can't, um, although nothing's impossible. But, I mean, the challenges are just moving families and, you know, the celebration. But it, it, it can be done. Anything can be done. We've, you know, we see in the AFL season, we've, we've staged three and four games of football here. And even this year, we staged two games of football um, and a Bledisloe Cup in between the two games of football. So anything can be done, I think. And we should, we should continue to think outside the square in terms of content and, and the timing of the content. It is... Like, is staffing a particular challenge on Christmas night? It, it certainly would be. But, you know, I think uh, you, you pay, pay the appropriate wages. Yep. You know, on Boxing Day, you're basically paying double time. Um, they'll come. I mean, people love coming to the G and working. And, I, you know, I, I feel that every time I walk around the place. So people are generally proud to be here, no matter what the timing. Uh, we've got a pigeon problem that maybe we haven't seen for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the pigeons are just, aren't they? They're grouping up in little <laughs> packs there and I think they're having a little free feed of um, seed. Eight weeks ago, this ground actually was, was not looking so good after the AFL season. I was a bit worried about it, but it's just come up so well. And the reason is we just put tonnes of seed out there. But the, little, the pigeons just seem to flock in. But what, what I've been pleased about is that I haven't seen any seagulls. No! And I'd much rather ten pigeons than 5,000 seagulls, because they do drive me mad. Um, how are the lifts going? The lifts are... Yeah, they... Um, <laughs> I'm surprised in my seven-year journey here, I have not been stuck in a lift. Yep. And um, usually things break down at your most accountable moments, and we had a little breakdown yesterday. They are regularly serviced, but I, I found it... Even in my position, I found it amusing. I couldn't work out why. I was looking out there going, why won't this game yeah. start? And then a little phone call came through. I said, we've got the umpire stuck in, <laughs> stuck in the lift. I did have a chuckle. The, um, the worn legacy piece around the heart tests, uh, which you've helped facilitate here. So do you know how that's running through the first three days? Yeah, I heard some stats yesterday. I think they've had 6,000 6, people go for tests, huge lines to get into it. So it's been really popular. Um, and I think the fact that it's, it's happening, it's a great legacy for Shane and particularly the family. But 
I think this can build now. Um, and this was a trial to, you know, I wasn't quite sure whether it would or wouldn't work, but I think there's 23 stations around the stadium and they've been packed um, and people have been going through. So there's the proof. Yeah. Um, you've got the Taylor Swift concert coming here. Yep. Which, so this is a global phenomenon. <laughs> You're not going to ask me for tickets, are you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, what, 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 just give us a little picture behind the scenes of, of what oh. the build-up to that is. Well, if I can put it in context, uh, running a test match in the AFL season is what I, what I call our bread and butter, and I, I find it, it's, it's quite easy. Uh, I don't want to sound arrogant, but it's what we do. Um, Running concerts are always complicated, but running a Taylor Swift concert is going to be even more com um, complicated. And we, we sort of saw Ed Sheeran uh, early this year and the complications of that. But it's, it's just massive building the seating plan. We obviously have people on the turf who sit on the turf, but then it's really around the stage production. 70 semi-trucks coming onto your ground is quite confronting yep. and you've got six six days of setup three concerts um, across Friday Saturday Sunday evening two or three days of pack down and then you've got to replace half of the turf uh, at a significant cost and then we've got an AFL season for three weeks later so they're the logistical um, you know issues that we face and they're quite challenging not only um, you know, we'll have three times 90,000 people in the stadium. What, what we're thinking is a lot of people who missed out on tickets are going to come to Yarra Park. So then that becomes another complication and how do we manage that? Is there adequate toilet facilities? Have people got water? Um, things like that. So it's, it's a big, big show. Um, I've never seen demand like it. I've seen a lot of stressed kids, probably really stressed parents, chasing tickets. So it's going to be great. And... Um, you know, I've heard she puts on a fantastic show. Is it important for the status of this stadium that you do stage a concert like that? Uh, I think it is. Well, I think we're not, you know, we're not aggressive in the concert business. We, we like to have two a year, but having the biggest and the best is probably appropriate. Um, and we take a risk, obviously, with weather, not having a roof. Um, but having one or two a year, I think we play a role in, in Victoria and the nation as being one of the great venues that can sort of be multi-purpose. So I think it is really, really important. That what I love is the fact that um, people who don't normally come to the G get to come and experience yeah. it, a yeah. different market. The Ed Sheeran concert is as good a staging as there's ever been in this yeah, country, it was phenomenal. I think. Um, just the big picture, where are we with the possibility of redeveloping, rebuilding the Warren stand? Yeah, we're, we're continuing to work on it. Uh, we're still having conversations with the state government and... We're, we're very, very committed to looking at how we improve the, the stadium. And if you think of the, the Warren stand, um, it, is an, it is an ageing asset um, and it, it will need a rebuild at some stage. And it's important we start the planning work now. Uh, and we've been doing that for the last two or three years. Um, but we'll get to a point in time where we actually need to get it to a stage where we can actually build it. And you know, we all know infrastructure comes at an enormous cost. We, the MCC, are committed to contributing, um, but we're talking with the government at the moment to start early planning stages. So, um, if you look at the content here with uh, with cricket, football, uh, we've got World Cup bids in for 27. We'll have a World Cup likely in 28. There's not much that can happen here until 29. Okay. 
but to plan this out and the interruptions of builds on uh, AFL and cricket are significant. So doing that planning work uh, is important. But um, I would say that uh, it looks beautiful, this stadium, to look at, but when you work in it and know and look at other stadiums, that stand itself is ageing and it's falling behind what I would call world-class. And, you know, there, there are beautiful stadiums even in Australia now that are, that are better in terms of uh, facilities for fans. Yeah. And last one, are there any active conversations around that prospect of an India-Pakistan test match here? I think it's been mooted, um, but I, I don't know how active. It's really probably a question uh, for Nick. I mean, we've been more engaged in a you know a centenary test yeah. celebration in 27 England. I think that is be, you know is is looking positive. Um, but I would just love to see uh, another India-Pakistan game here. Test match would be fantastic. Imagine playing a series here. You could just uh, fill this place three or four times over. You could. As Stuart, it's great to see you. We're seeing the MCG at its absolute best for one of the showpiece occasions. So congratulations and thanks for stopping by. Thanks very much, Jared.